All right, let's get into today's digital discussion. Songs that went from hate to great. Tell me about the songs that you skipped all the time when you first listened to them. You're playing on your CD player, you get to that one track, and you hear the first few seconds and go, I can't do that right now. And you just never really gave it a shot. But then later, when you get kind of, you've kind of worn out the rest of the album, and maybe you're in a different mood in a different setting, you listen to that song and you go, oh man, I've been missing out. What have I done? There's a, a couple for me, a few. And I'm talking, not, I'm not talking about songs that you, like, uh, for example, for me, Mystic Rhythms, at first I was like, eh. And then a few weeks later went, oh yeah, it's pretty good. But I never considered it to be, like, it never went from the bottom to the top. I'm talking about songs that you, that are up there with your favorites now. And you hate yourself for skipping them at all. I'll give you a few of mine. Uh, number one, The Speed of Love. And probably number two, Everyday Glory, from my one of my favorite albums. I always skip them. The Speed of Love is like my my song right now. I can't stop listening to it, and I don't understand how I never under I never appreciated the little tiny sonic elements to that song. I could I could talk about it. Everyday Glory, how it is, high water, out of the cradle. Tears from 2112. Losing it, definitely. Losing it for a long time, actually. Madrigal until about a month ago when you heard me on the show talk about how I, it was a disservice to that album for me to poop on Madrigal so much. And the entire second side of Roll the Bones. I I could only listen to Where's My Thing and then I was done. I was like, I might as well just go back to Dreamline because the rest of this album sucks. That was my mentality for a long time. And uh, once I got sick of all those tunes, I went back and realized, actually, you know what it started with was when they played Ghost of a Chance in 2008 live. I was like, oh, if they like it, I must like it, right? And I did. I loved it. And just slowly, one by one, the big wheel, amazing. I think the the intro kind of scared me away with the, the weird synth sound. Heresy is amazing, and uh, You Bet Your Life is a song I listen to every night on my sleep playlist. Good stuff. And, of course, Neurotica. It's Exotica! Neurotica! Shout out to my buddy Paul. So send those to me. Email, Twitter, uh, audio clip, whatever you want to do. Speaking of audio clips, I have our buddy Alec Bullianis, who will be on the show again soon to talk about his experience at the last show at um, the forum he was at the last show of the tour in LA and I want to hear about it uh here is his audio clip about his top three albums hey Jay Alec here just want to give you my top three albums um as even though there's so many people who got on the bandwagon and moving pictures I think that album has a lot of amazing tracks and uh, that has to be in my list Power Windows, of course, um, another top to bottom awesome album, and I just love the sound that they had on that. And uh, Clockwork Angels, I think it was nearly a perfect album, a concept album, everything that Rush embodies. And uh, some of the songs are absolutely beautiful, and some of them are thunderously rocking, and, um, um, anothersly rocking, and I think it's just an amazing experience through and through. I agree. 
I don't have Clockwork that high, but a lot of you do. Clockwork got six votes uh, on our top three ranking here. So let's see. We had Moving Pictures, Hemispheres, or Moving Pictures, Power Windows, Hemispheres, Permanent Waves at seven. Then with six, it was Farewell to Kings and Clockwork. 2112 had five. Signals had four. And then we had some one or two or three votes. Hold Your Fire had three votes. Grace Under Pressure had two. Counterparts had two. Now, with one vote, Test for Echo, Caress of Steel, and Fly By Night had one vote. So we're le- so some albums didn't get any votes here, including the, one of the one of the albums I think is the top three best albums. Snakes and Arrows didn't get a single vote. Um, I think that would have been different before Clockwork Angels even existed. Like, let's go back a few years where. Clockwork Angels wasn't out yet. I think there would have been some people who really liked their most recent material. But I know Clockwork was a little more... Uh, it was leaned toward metal a little bit more and less mainstream stuff, so people gravitate toward it. It's a good album. I want to play for you a recording that I did. I don't know if you saw, but before... Or actually, in July, they had... A rush cover competition where you record a cover song of a, a list of popular songs that you could choose from. And you get you the the top prize was like a few thousand dollars, a bass, some signed gear, and a, tickets to the show and meet and greet passes. So like, whoa, that might be the closest I ever get to a meet and greet. Uh, I can kind of control my own destiny. So I recorded a song, I recorded a cover that I thought might do the job. They said they didn't want note-for-note covers, and a lot of people were doing that. So I thought I had a good shot, because mine wasn't that. I went for a song that a lot of people hadn't chosen. There was a lot of Limelight. In fact, the three winners, the top three, were all Limelight covers. Um, I didn't see many Working Man covers, so I went for it. I did Working Man in the style of... Bruno Mars, I guess, like a kind of a poppy funk version of Working Man, and I'm I'm disappointed in the recording quality because that's not my strongest area. But I did record the drums, the guitars. Um, my dad did the keyboards, and I sang as well. And of course, I played the bass part because it's my main instrument. I wrote the whole thing kind of around the the bass part of the song and you'll hear that so i want to play that for you and then we're going to move on to our next segment here we go That's what I am. 
myself out a cold Boston lager Always seem to be wondering why there's nothing going down here It seems to me I could live my life a little better than I think I am I guess that's why they call me the working man I didn't win, but I had a fun time doing it. Um, I I don't enjoy the recording process anymore because I'm I'm not very good at it in terms of the software and, and the um, the mixer and the sound blah. I don't I don't know the terminology anymore. I'm I'm just bad at it and I gave it up. But I did enjoy writing it writing it and I do enjoy listening to it. I'm kind of I'm proud of it. So I want to bring on our. Somebody who sent in an audio clip regarding the top three albums, and I figured instead of have his clip on the air, we'll just bring him on because he's next up on my list as a guest. So we're going to have our segment with him right now. Today's New World guest is Jason Vaughn. How's it going, Jason? Going pretty good, Jay. How are you? Good. I'm glad that you're here to talk about our, your top three album be, albums because you, you sent me an audio clip, and I didn't play it because I figured you would be on the show, which you are. So tell me about your top three albums. All right, my top three. I'm a 1970s Rush kind of guy. Uh, I was born in 81, uh, so you would think it might be moving pictures, but it's not. Uh, my favorite is actually A Farewell to Kings uh, from 1977. That album from front to back it's just every song when I played it for the first time I was just like wow blown away completely especially by Xanadu and Cygnus X1 uh, so ever since I heard that album for the first time I thought that was the best album period um, right after that uh, 1978 uh, Hemispheres four, four tracks all of them are perfect in my opinion and just really show the band as musicians completely just 100% and I remember listening to that album again going my god these guys are really good and then rounding out the top three, this was close because there are a few albums that are very close together. Um, I like Permanent Waves. I think that album is a perfect blend of radio hits 
and great songs that just you, that you don't normally hear on the radio, like Natural Science, Jacob's Ladder, um, you know, different strings. I think that album rounds up my top three perfectly. And uh, a close runner-up would probably be Power Windows or Signals, and then right after that be Moving Pictures. But those would be my top three for sure. Uh, moving Pictures is kind of uh, kind of low for. I mean, I mean, I would probably have it that low or lower, <laughs> but um. Yeah. It's it's refreshing sometimes to hear people who don't have it that high up on their list. Oh yeah, but I mean, Moving Pictures is obviously you know a monumental album for them. But just going on the music, I just I love the 1970s Rush sound. I just I it's my favorite era of Rush. Do you play any instruments? I do. I, I actually play bass. I have a I have three Rickenbacker basses. Most I also have a a cheap uh, Music Man knockoff. But uh, I normally play the Rick. I like that sound. You play three Rickenbackers? Is that what you said? I, I have three of them, yes. I don't play them all at the same time, obviously, but uh, I do have three of them, yes. I have what? a green Cheyenne, uh-huh. I have a maple glow, and then I have a, a fire glow uh, five-string. Wow. you got to yeah, send me fo- some pictures of those. I'll, I'll put them oh, up on the on our Twitter page or something. Oh, absolutely. My father-in-law got me into these guitars. He has actually has a uh, 1963 fire glow uh, 12-string guitar that is worth a ton. And, wow. Uh, he's, he's liked the sound ever since, and he got me heavily into that. That's really cool. I, w- I always felt like Ricks were, or at least the, the 4001s, is that what they're called? Yes. I always thought they looked amazing and sounded amazing, but they didn't feel the best to play for me. They felt kind of clunky. I, no, absolutely. The The Cheyenne that I have, the neck is incredibly thick. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it really slows down speed-wise, but the sound is just it's insane. So you and I had talked uh, via email for a while. You've been a fan for a while of the show. We appreciate oh, absolutely. that. Um, and you and I had talked about songs that went from hate to great songs that were at the bottom of your list and now are one of, you know, one of your favorite songs. Um, oh, absolutely. I listed a few of mine, like speed of love, everyday glory, how it is high water out of the cradle, losing it, magical, the whole second side of roll the bones. And there's probably some presto tunes as well that I could see the same for like available light and. Uh, what what are some for you? Do you have any? Do you, do we share any of them? Any of the ones oh, yeah. I just listed? Oh, absolutely! I can I can think of all of them uh, right now. Actually, uh, for Rush, the first album, Here Again. I remember hearing that album, and I was just like, ah, it's kind of kind of slowing it down for me. But then going back later on was just awesome. Uh, Making Memories is probably in my top ten favorite songs that I wish they would have played on this last tour because it's perfect for what they did. Uh, Caress of Steel. The Fountain of Lamas Part 3, No One at the Bridge, I think that is so underrated, and that song, it just gets lost in the song because it's so long, but another awesome song. Mm-hmm. Um, Lessons from 2112 is just uh, one of those songs that I kind of went back to later on because 2112 kind of takes over the album, but just awesome. Um, Magical, that you mentioned, Farewell to Kings, again, awesome. Uh, Circumstances, it's hard to pick one off of Hemispheres because it's only four songs, but definitely Circumstances. Uh, Entree New, when I heard that song live, um, on the Time Machine tour, that's when I kind of you know resprung that one for me. I think it was Snakes, wife, wasn't it? What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Snakes and Hours. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Snakes and Hours. You're correct. That's, I was at both tours. I was trying. Isn't to it? Which one. Isn't it weird how like when they'll, they'll play a live song and then you'll go you'll go back and, and suddenly you like the song, almost like confirmation that the band likes it a lot. Like for me, oh, that abs- was that was Ghost of a Chance from the same t- or actually the next leg of the tour when they play Ghost of a Chance in I think the same slot. Yes. And. Uh, I was like, oh, I should go back and listen to that because I really liked it. Oh, no, absolutely. That, that uh, Entree New, when I heard it live, I was like, damn, this song is really good live. 
Yeah. And I always knew that losing it would be awesome live, but just to hear it just absolutely uh, cemented that for me. I was the um, other way around. I never thought losing it would work, and then I heard it in New York and went, wow, this was actually really, really good live. If they would have played chemistry, I, I probably would have felt the same way. If, if everybody liked chemistry yeah. live, I was like, there's no way this song is going to be I was hoping to hear that one. <laughs> that's just me. Chemistry is a good song, though. Um, where's the where was uh, Witch Hunt from Moving Pictures? Uh, that was a song that I just did not like. But then when I heard it live, you guys were talking about this. I think the other week, how how heavy the sound is with the guitar, and it's totally. just awesome. Yep, it's absolutely awesome. Um, different strings on Permanent Ways. I skipped that one. That's a, I just love the guitar work on that. Um, losing it on Signals. I, I didn't like it in the beginning, but then all of a sudden, like I'm going to say, like ten years ago, I'm like, damn, this song is really good. And now hearing it live is awesome. Uh, we met, uh, you were mentioning songs that play live between the wheels. I never gave that song a second glance until they played it live, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely weird. awesome. Okay, it's the so- it's the solo on R third that he does. It it's just amazing. It sounds like I don't know what what's different about the album and live, but it's just the energy is just awesome. Totally. Um, for, I know you like that. I know you like There was uh, it's, it's hard. It's sometimes hard with these phone conversations with the delay. I uh, I realize now. I forgot one for me on Grace and Depression. That was Red Lenses. Oh, I don't I know if it song. went. It didn't go all the way to the top of my list, but I skipped it for a while and then realized, oh, this is just Russ trying to be Genesis, <laughs> and it's actually really cool. <laughs> oh, I love that song. And you can hear. I think I mentioned this uh, on you on an email to you. If you listen at the end, he just starts going off on the bass, and then he it kind of fades out, which which kills it kills me. But you know, that's right. Like you. You always talk about mission, how it fades out, and you're like, "Come on, man, we gotta let <laughs> that know. play out." I want to do some of the most, like, let's do a, a digital discussion about the uh, the most ridiculous fade outs, fade outs that should not have been, and that'd be one of oh, them. But you're totally absolutely. right; he goes absolutely bonkers at the end of that song. And it's the same thing with the weapon; he just starts going nuts, and it's just like it gets lower and lower, and you're like, "Oh, it's <laughs> terrible." Um, let's see. I know you like this next one, a motion detector. Yeah. I kind of like. Listening to the beginning back in the day, I was like, eh, and then now that's like probably my number two song on Power Windows. Yeah. It's just awesome. Uh-huh. Um, Second Nature on Hold Your Fire, I love that song. Yep. Um, uh, Presto on the album Presto, and maybe Chain Lightning. Those songs I kind of dismissed and then went back and was like, I call myself an idiot for doing that. I dismissed Presto until they played it on Time Machine as well. Oh, I love that song. Um, uh, Hearsay on Roll the Bones. Uh-huh. Uh, Everyday Glory on Counterparts, Half the World on Test for Echo. Really? Yes, I, I, I kind of dismissed that one. I, I love Time in Motion on that album. That's like my number one song on that. Uh-huh. And Resist and Driven. And I kind of just, I don't know why I missed it, but I'm glad I went back and played it. Yeah. Um, How the Crater on Paper Trails, uh, Snakes and Arrows, your favorite. Good News First. What was I, the I one on? Song. What was the one on Vapor Trails? You said. Out of the Cradle. Oh yeah, yeah, same. Okay. And Clockwork Angels, Wish Them Well. Wish them, yeah, yeah, I was kind of there with you on Wish Them Well, too. I didn't skip it. I just didn't dig it as much at first. Oh, really? Um, one of the ones that I think should not have been faded was, uh, I was just thinking this the other day, Spindrift. What drives oh. me, like, sometimes the fade-out works really well for a song. Um, like, I think the Wreckers was a cool fade out they've mentioned how that kind of, that song kind of needed a fade out spindrift mm-hmm. does not need to be faded out because what drives me nuts if you're gonna fade out 
The last thing I hear better be you still playing. Don't let me hear the ending as it's fading out. If you listen yeah, to, to Spindrift, you can hear the ending of the song like they do live, but it's if you just keep turning up the volume as it fades out, you really don't even need to do that. Um, I was about to say that, yes. Between the Wheels is another one that you can actually hear the ending of the song halfway through the fade out. It's like, why? if you're going to let me hear it, just let me yeah, hear just, it. Just play it out then. So, uh... I, those are just some like little things for me. I, I, there aren't many instances where I love the fade out, especially since I've always thought Rush was really good at creating endings to songs live that had fade outs. Yes. Um, what was the one? Like, red, like, like Red Barchetta comes to mind for me. They kind of uh, ended Tom Sawyer. They ended uh, like that. Yeah, what, what am I trying to think of? There's a song that they do, they end it really, really well. Well, I mean, losing it, I thought had a. That's probably what I'm thinking of. The most recent. Example. Oh yeah, and ma- marathon, marathon also. Yeah, totally. Uh, I was so mar- psyched. To hear oh that. yeah, so was, marathon fades out. That's another one. I was so psyched to hear that song live um, a couple of tours ago because he added on that little that little bit after the solo because that's my yep. favorite Rush solo of all time. Yep. And uh, it's awesome. Yeah, they and add like a little that. bit of uh, like. Um, Time for like reflection after the exactly. solo before he goes into the vocals again. It's just awesome. Like I think that I I was mentioning on the email to you today. I think Power Windows is his best guitar work in terms of solo. Period. Solos. I I th- I don't think you can even argue otherwise. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I mean, just... I I think what after that I like I also like his first album Rush and Snakes and Arrows. He played really good solo wise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially after coming coming after coming after uh, Vapor Trails with. Oh, just about no solos. It was just a nice, uh, nice turnaround. Yeah, it is weird that Vapor Trails had no like uh, stereotypical Rush solo, like the standard. Okay, here's where the guitar plays a solo now. Like that just didn't happen. It in... was very weird. It was. It was just a lot of Getty Lee playing a lot of chords, and uh, I definitely like the remix better. I know you were talking about this uh, last week, last episode. I talk about and... it every episode. <laughs> yeah. The only song I was a little disappointed with the remix was just of how it is. I like hearing the bass. Really? It, slide, it slides up and down the neck on the break and the bass part, and it's a little bit louder on the original than it is the remix. That's the only issue I had with the entire remix. Everything else I thought was perfect. Okay, this is interesting because that's probably, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole song. I feel like that's the climax of the song. Um, yes. And I'm, I, I've always, especially in the last year, been a, it just says something about the bridge really speaks to me. So you're saying on the remastered, or the remixed version, you don't hear the bass as well. I, I feel like it's a little bit lower. I feel like it was a little more punchier on the original. That's the totally. I, that was my only complaint. Interesting. I, I I love how it is. I, I absolutely love that song. And hearing the bass in the middle was just like you said. It's like the climax of that song. Uh, let's uh, let's take a listen here.
I don't know. Those are just. I'm glad you pointed out that about the bridge, because that's been a one of my favorite parts. Um, how it is is weird because that's one of definitely one of the ones I skipped. I thought it was the weakest on the album for a long time, and then mm-hmm. uh, my buddy Chad Whitco that I saw the saw the New York show with on this tour, his set list on it for the set list challenge was the only one to he was the only one to include how it is and that was by far like the longest shot in the competition like like available light i think was a long shot but yeah. i think there were 6 people or something that had available light on there he was the that was the only track and the only set list to stand alone was chad yeah. said they're going to play how it is and it nobody else chose it all the other deep cuts people chose other people had chose as well, except for this one. And, of course, he nailed it. That's, I, that's incredible. I didn't get a chance to do the set list, but I never would have guessed how it is. I would have said maybe One Little Victory and maybe Secret Touch. Exactly. That put on there. Because that's they've it. said they're not going to play much of it. And, of course, we were, you know, they lied. But that was and predictable. I, I, and I've read a ton of interviews, and the only thing I was not happy about on Alex Lifeson's interviews was that, oh, we covered Power Windows enough in the last album, so we kind of thought, I was like, come on, you can't play one song from the album, just one? Yeah, and also, like, uh, like what about Hold Your Fire? <laughs> like, you didn't play absolutely. a lot of Hold Your Fire, so I just skipped that one. <laughs> I, I remember you said that was the most uh, like awkward and underrated album, and uh, I disagreed with that, but I, 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 all the points you made in that episode were 100% valid. They definitely could have played at least one song, you know, Prime Mover something. Yeah, I really wanted Prime Mover. The thing is, like, I'm not mad at the set list, even though no, I think all, I, yeah. I maybe maybe I was at first. I'm not mad that they left some of those albums out, but I don't. I think the biggest thing for me was they didn't need to hit so much clockwork. I don't think we yes. needed three clockwork songs after we were pelted with clockwork songs from the last tour and it was a huge tour i saw them three it, times over the course of like a year and a half a hundred percent i mean they could have thrown like caravan in there to start off and you know that's it but starting off with, with the records and the anarchists that was just like that threw me off a little bit yeah and i just would have so what did we miss hold your fire power windows test for echo and presto yes okay yeah. I, I can't believe they didn't i can't believe they didn't play show don't tell that would have been on my set list a hundred percent yeah i i know i i I don't know, but I would be curious if I were ever able to interview one of the guys. I would ask, like, tell me some of the big, the big guns that didn't make it to the show that were heavily considered. You know, yes. I wouldn't be surprised to see that show. Don't tell was on there, but yeah, when when they had uh, one interview with Eddie Trunk, they said that they were they were talking about uh, something for nothing, and Eddie Trunk actually mentioned in the end, and I was like, that oh, I, I can't believe, <laughs> like looking back to that album, they just like. They just skipped that album. Anthem was a nice, uh, was a nice surprise. Yeah, that That's was nice. good. But I mean, that that album is awesome. It's the first album with Neil. You're celebrating 40 years together, and it's like ah, fly by night. Now nah, let's we'll fly by. Uh, it's funny how you read these articles, and they're so generic. I've talked about this before. Um, my dad sent me an article. He's like, "Oh, they found this, you know, write up about our 40. It's really good, and their last show and everything." So I read it, and it's like it's interesting, but. The little things that those writers get wrong drive me nuts. So yeah. the guy was like, "Oh, they, you know, they covered all albums but four: Test for Echo, <laughs> Feedback, Hold Your Fire, and Power Windows." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> come on, you know." Yeah. But you think you would know this band by now? I mean, come on. 
yeah, you can't control that stuff. And I know those people aren't hardcore fans. They're just assigned to write about a band. And, you know, it, it is a gray area when you talk about how many albums they have. Do you count the oh, first album? Do you count feedback? Uh, yeah, we usually don't count the solo albums, but yes. Uh, anyway, it's a gray area. And I'm, I'm so happy that uh, your audience, especially all your guests, love this song, Freeze, because that song is like a, num- a strong number two for me on, on Vapor Trails. And uh, I love the remix version of that song, 100%. Yeah, I do too. I like it better. I know some people have said they don't, that's the one on the remix that they don't like as much. They like the original better. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely more thrashy. But uh, since the remix has come out, I've really grown to like that song. And... That was a song that I knew was like big and it really like rocked really hard. And I would, Chad yeah. would say to me when Chad and I got Vapor Trails around the same time, he'd say, uh, man, isn't Freeze great? And I'd be like, yeah, it's like, it's cool. <laughs> like it's in five and it's got that cool bass part. And, but I was just like, whatever, I'll take Secret Touch all day over that. And now oh, I, I think just, it's such an awesome song. I can't stop listening to Freeze now. Yeah, that, that was my that was my first tour that I went to. That was the first album that I actually bought when it came out. I got into Rush in two thousand after oh, seeing right. the sub after seeing the Subdivisions album on like VH1 Classic. I just remember saying like, "What the hell is this?" and "How do I get it?" And after that, I just started buying album after album every day at the Wiz. Every week, I got a paycheck until I was broke because they had like fifteen albums at the time. I was like, "Come on, how many albums do they have?" Right, <laughs> but, it never uh, ends. <laughs> it was definitely worth it, and that that tour was awesome. Vapor Trails was a great tour. What's, I saw Mo- Mo- Mohegan Sun. It was just awesome. So that was early in the tour, wasn't it? Yes. Because they started in Hartford. That's right. And, and I you saw them at another Connecticut show. Yeah, I saw them in November of 2002. I saw them. That must have been like the second show, right? It was very, it was very early in the tour, I think. Wow. That's a big deal, and, man. I don't have to tell you why. <laughs> absolutely. And I remember I was seeing... Because uh, ha- I remember I just was getting... Uh, you know, high-speed internet, or whatever it was, AOL at the time. And I remember watching a clip of Alex Lifeson playing uh, Secret Touch, and I've never seen them live, and I was just like, oh, this is going to be insane. <laughs> and it was. Yeah, it was amazing. And watching them play The Trees live was uh, really nice. That was, I think, my favorite song that they played that night. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't hear that this tour, because it, it was a big part of their career. You know, it's a big song for them. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm glad they played uh, Little Hemispheres. That's That's awesome. I'm most looking forward to hearing that on the DVD where I can really get oh, yeah. good sound quality. I, I just, where I was sitting didn't do that song any justice. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned you mentioned the drop-down tuning. That's It's it's tough to hear sometimes. When they when they play Circumstances and they drop it down, it's just, you, you have to hear it on like a DVD because it's hard to hear. Right. And also, I knew they weren't going to play the whole thing. And yeah. so I didn't know what parts were coming up next. So when I can't really hear what the notes are, you know, it, if I knew the exact form of the song, I, I'd be able to go. Oh, I know what part this is. I can hear. I can hear it. But when you exactly. don't know what song, what part's coming up next, you're like, did they go to a new song or? <laughs> I'll tell you that, that would be my dream rush concert. Just play every song from '74 to '78, and I'd be happy. I'd really? Call it a day. Yeah. If they played every song from those albums, I could call it a day and walk home happy. I, I wow. think it'd be awesome. Uh, you know, you can just you don't even have to play permanent waves. I'd be happy right there. Just stop and. I'd like to hear everything, obviously, but if I can, if I could hear like Sound of Lamus and uh, the Necromancer live, I'd, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're polar opposites. You're not alone, but it's like it's funny how people differ. There's like three big chunks of Rush fans: the '70s fans, the Moving Pictures 
through power windows guys and then everything since. Oh, and, and I can see where you're coming from because you got into them during Snakes and Arrows. So I obviously can see why you like Snakes and Arrows, why you like Counterparts. Right. And I hear your other fans that have been, you know, I've, I've seen them every tour since Signals. And I, I haven't. I've, I've only been born since, uh, since 81. So I've only been into them, like I said, since 2000. But going back, I just, I love their sound from the 70s. I just love all that. The it concept actually, work, everything. It actually took me a long time to even enjoy the old stuff. Like I owned it all and I heard it all. But I would go as far back as Permanent Waves and then just stop. I would just go back and listen to the stuff newer than yeah. Permanent Waves. And I'm like, but yeah, I get it, but I don't we're like We're definitely it. opposites. <laughs> uh, for a while, I was like, I don't like the screeching. I don't like the, the playing or the writing. And then it totally flipped. Now I love, I do like the high singing. I love the, the uh, instrumentation of those albums. I don't like them as much as the new stuff, but I do like them now. It just took yeah. a while. The same thing for me with uh, with Counterparts and Roll the Bones. For a long time, those two albums, especially Counterparts, I was like, I like the three main songs, and then the rest, I'm just like, ah. Then I started talking to you. You're like, ah, go back and listen to the Speed for, Speed of Love and all that, and the Double Agent. And I actually really like Double Agent now. That was a song that I I couldn't stand in the beginning. I was just like, oh god, sure. I can't, I can't, I gotta skip past this. And now it's just like, that's a good song. Well, let me guess what your three big ones are: Animate, Stick It Out, and. Uh, leave that thing alone. Uh, uh, that, uh, you got, I think you got uh, animate. Uh, leave that thing alone and uh, alien shore. I, I didn't like stick three? it out. Yeah, I didn't like stick it out. And cold fire is another one too. I should mention cold fire. Sure. But alien shore is probably my favorite song on that album, and they don't play it. So, are you one of the few people that got to hear Ceiling Unlimited live? No, they didn't play that one. They didn't play it live. I heard. Uh, I heard one little victory. I don't think it was on that. Uh, they changed the they changed the set list around a few times. Yeah, I know it got scratched really that. early. I did but. not get to hear. I I have a you know bootlegs of them playing it. I just I've never heard it live. You probably heard Vital Signs then. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. So you got you got to hear Vital Signs twice. Very nice. absolutely. It was awesome. All right, man. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. All right, I really appreciate it, man. Keep up the good work. You got it, man. I uh, thanks for being here and being on the show and contributing. Keep sending in audio clips, too. I love it. All right. Anytime, man. All right. See you guys. All right. Take care. Brought to you no, by... Say brought to you by Knickerbocker. Does it not seem, knowing what we know <laughs> about Homer Simpson, that he would not prefer a chocolate donut? You're saying, you're saying he wouldn't prefer... Don't, no, don't you think it's odd that strawberry is the donut of choice for Homer Simpson? Oh, it is. It, no, no, well, it's no, strawberry it is, frosting with think... sprinkles is is that donut. No, I'm, I'm asking because I'm not. Uh, uh, now, you can't go yelling about how much you love donuts and and not know about the Homer Simpson Listen, donut. I know about to me, Homer. To me. I've homered before. If I'm not homering now, then. The Homer Simpson donut is is a strawberry donut. I'm just saying. Don't you think that, you know, someone with his archetype might prefer something? <laughs> All right, guys, hold up a minute. Pause. Chocolate there are here. many a donut. There are many a donut. Quite a few. Name five. Uh, oh, my goodness. Frosted oh, jelly. Chocolate one, frosted. Two. Oh, man. Uh, po- the, uh, the assortment of pumpkin. I'll give you a free one. Bavarian cream. Oh. Boston cream. What's Boston cream to you? Is it overrated? It's overrated to me. 
Uh, it was my favorite for a long time. Me too. It is now I overrated. I love it. It is now overrated. My fa- one of my favorites at... It's like listening to the radio. It's that song you hear on the radio so much that you hate it, but you're still like, all right, Boston Cream. You're, okay, right. <laughs> you're delicious. If, if you're all much, I have, I'll eat you. Much like every song by the band Boston. <laughs> <laughs> like Nicely done. No, Did they do accurate. any uh, collaborations like, with Cream? Hey, more... <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're we're way too good at this. They're a super group called Boston Cream, <laughs> and they were a little overrated. Maybe they toured together. <laughs> More than a feeling comes on, you're like, oh, this song. I love this song. I love, I love it. Song. All right, Boston, give it to me. <laughs> give me some cream. 